Welcome to uh, our next episode of It's Gonna Be Okay. I am here today with uh, Chad Austin. Um, Chad, it, just say hi, hi to everybody out there. What's um, up, dudes? <laughs> I'm glad I brought him here today because uh, we're going to talk about uh, anxiety and um, just a lot of kind of how that plays into our you know work-related schedule and, and just things like that. And especially because it's hot. It's hot, and I feel like anxiety kind of brings out the worst in people, and then it, like, transforms into all these other kinds of, you know, it's summertime, so, I Anxious, mean, aggressive. Yeah, anxious, aggressive. Moody. Um, let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> um, Chad, you are originally from... Um, Arizona, Palm Springs. Yeah, the, you've, you've the lived Palm in Springs, the desert yeah, areas, area. desert areas. For some people that don't know this, uh, if you check a map in uh, California, it's basically you know like the second gayest place. <laughs> so, um, uh, Chad, I I met you through comedy because you're another stand-up, a great stand-up comedian uh, that I think. Um, and uh, you used to work for the Ice House. <laughs> you used to work for the Ice House. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's where we roasted. That's where <laughs> yeah. we roasted. That's, yeah, that's we, essentially. We had an amazing battle. Yeah, we did. We did. And uh, I was I was very surprised that I won. <laughs> you did so I good. Was, <laughs> you did so good. I, I, was, I, still, I still tell people one of my favorite jokes ever written about me because I've done upwards of 20 roast battles now. And I think my top my top number one is such a great one liner, and it was from you, and it was <laughs> Chad's been stabbed. Why hasn't he deflated? I laughed so hard when you first told that joke that I I still go back to it. Like, why doesn't everybody else get to that point? Like, there everybody, everybody always just everybody always call they call me fat, but they never they never do it clever, or they call me, they say say I look racist, which you know like I get, but like. <laughs> It, it's like it, it's like it's all been done so many times and that one was just so it was such a good punch and it was so quick and I loved it to the point to yeah. the point that's uh, that's really that's my mo that's <laughs> to the point uh, no pun intended why you got stabbed to the point uh, <laughs> but um, Chad uh, I know uh, we've we've spoken earlier um, I mean just in the roast just in learning how to roast battle people you know I usually send like a a list of questions to get to know my opponent and uh, I got to know you in a in an interesting way I mean besides the fact that you know you kind of had like a tumultuous life and you know that kind of thing um, it's understandable why I can see you have anxiety especially after you said you've been stabbed uh, I would have anxiety too I don't know I don't know um, it's uh it, it's you know it, it's weird too because like my anxiety doesn't even stem from things like that. Like I, I, I also sometimes like I, not always, and especially not as much anymore, but used to have like impulse control problems. Like, Oh, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to think about, think twice about doing it. And yeah. that's why one night just hanging out with my friends, I decided that I was going to start selling drugs. And oh that, my God. that's what led to me getting stabbed when I was uh, almost 21. And, uh, but like it, my anxiety doesn't even root from that. My anxiety is all is mostly like social. Oh, okay. Like, like, like crowds, um, uh, uh, stand up brings me a lot of anxiety. <laughs> uh, I love it to death, but I, I, I think that the biggest problem is that I, I really struggle with like an imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. Like, oh, ev I think, I think we all do, but it comes out in different ways. Yeah. So, you know, my, mine, mine happens to be like, 
I'm not good enough. No one thinks I am. And then like, say if I'm going to go do a mic or a show, there's like two hours prior to said mic or, or show where I'm telling myself, you could just bail. <laughs> you don't need to go. <laughs> like, it'll be better for everybody. So, so if you the don't... fight or flight kicks <laughs> yeah, in, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I always end up going. <laughs> yeah. But like, there is a, there is a strong argument that happens in my head of like, I mean, no one's going to care if you don't go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like there's a, there's a lot of that. And, um, I, I think the other thing that really piques my anxiety is, uh, having a family oh <laughs> that, my. that I have to take care of like that's that's a lot of weight on the shoulders right because now you feel the pressure to perform yeah yeah so. or, or not necessarily be performative in terms of being a father but like you have those obligations now yeah yeah so it's like there is there is a lot of weight on it where I wish I did have the time to like go out and hit a open mic every night and do all this stuff and be more present in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, like I have, I, I make more contacts and can book more shows and do all that stuff. But like, I still, even though stand up is my passion and my love, I also know that my priority is the two girls I have at home and taking care of them. Yeah. So I, but like it's always the wheels are spinning on how I'm going to make sure that everybody is okay. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm dealing with that a lot right now because as we've kind of talked about, I was the club manager at the ice house (laughs) and, uh, that all came to an end very recently. Wow. Do you, do you want to talk about why or, or yeah, I I mean, I would, if that, if that's going to help, with I, the decompression because i i i know like this isn't like this isn't a therapy session but i mean i can listen and then we can like kind of no know, yeah I would, I would love to like bat around some stuff because um i i haven't i haven't really spoken about it too much like mm-hmm. a couple close friends know exactly what happened and uh i'm the type of person where i i, I am pretty straightforward and honest with people like if somebody asks me something i'm not going to beat around the bush i'm just going to tell them right um I don't, I don't, I'm not like, you know, secretive and shrouded in mystery and all that stuff. I'm just like, yeah, no, this is me. Um, so basically what happened was the day, the day after 4th of July, everyone had 4th of July off. I was in there doing inventory, came back to work the day after, and I was doing some detail maintenance on the bar and getting everything ready for the next day, which we would be open because the ice house is only open Thursday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw that they started opening more, but Thursday through Saturday was like the normal thing. So Wednesdays I would take to get everything ready, like show ready and all that stuff. And I got there at eight in the morning. And then around one o'clock, one of the bartenders that worked for me came in and we were going to sit down and I was going to take a break and we were going to write some jokes together because he's also a comic. And uh, I sat down with him, and like ten minutes later, the uh, the HR guy at uh, Ice House, who isn't really an HR guy, he's the finance guy who's doing two jobs. <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah, um, he came in. And he goes, "Hey Chad, can I talk to you really quick?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And he always wants to talk to me like once a week about scheduling, whatever, blah blah blah. And you know, I just listen to him ramble and go about my day. And then he, but this time it felt weird because like he didn't just like take me off to the side so we can discuss something in private. He walked me all the way down into the front and like took me into the green room. And I'm like, Oh, now you knew something was up. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that was like, this is really private. Like what what the fuck's going on? They wanted to make sure like they could escort you or, or if you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I was just like, okay. So I sit down and he just, I mean, 
no bullshit just goes, so today's going to be your last day. <laughs> it's like, excuse me. Wait, wait, hold at one, wait, at one, how deep into the, the day were you? I was about, I, I was probably about two hours away from clocking out. That's the shittiest fucking thing to do. They're like, yeah, it's going to be your last day. Yeah, yeah. No, no, and no, then like, it's And then you are, you're like, I got two fucking hours. You think I want to be here for the rest of this shit? Yeah, no, I was like two hours away from clocking out. I had ju- I had just been like on my hands and knees scrubbing things and doing stuff that most managers don't do. But, you know, I, I, I try to, you know, show my pride in my did, work and did whatnot. Did they pay you for that last day? Uh, yeah, so that, that's what it was. He goes, today's going to be your last day. And then he pulls an envelope out of his notebook and slides me my last check. And he goes, all your hours for the past couple of days are accounted for. Um, thank you. And I, I go, well, I was like, dude, there's. They didn't give you a reason. I was like, there's anything? not even a reason. And all like, all he said was, well, we're, we're restructuring. And I was what? like, that, that's not, that's not a real reason. That is like corporate jargon that you just say to somebody who yeah. you like, like somebody comes in applying for a job and you're like, oh no, no, like we're not hiring for that right now. We're restructuring. But to the guy that helped you reopen your club and been here for the last seven months, like working out every finite detail and training your whole bar team, training your servers, making everybody come together and work as a team. And then that's the reason I get is we're just restructuring. We have no use for you anymore. It, it felt really, really, it felt really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, I was really just like taken back. And so he, so basically after that, uh, he just goes, all right, well go get your things. So I walk into the bar and I go grab my backpack and he like stands there watching me, like which made me feel even worse. Cause it made me feel like I was like a criminal or something. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, he escorts me to the back door and sends me on my way and shuts the door behind me. Oh. And I was like, shit, like that's that, I guess. Um, so yeah, like the anxiety comes into play because now you're scrambling. Like, what do I do next? Yeah, like I, you know, I, I, I took, I took all, I took all the money that I had made for that past like couple weeks, and I paid rent, <laughs> and then it was just like, shit. Now what do I do? Like yeah. now I, and that's covered for this month, but I, next but month? yeah, yeah, exactly. But now I have, now I have to fucking scramble, and. Now, so now I'm just every day just sending out like 25 resumes trying to get contacts. And I don't know when the last time you were on a job interview, but I fucking hate job interviews. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm good at them because I have been the interviewer many times. So I know what they're looking for. But it also just feels like it, like I'm just. I'm just lying to people <laughs> like for for like 20 to 30 minutes, you know, just telling them exactly what they want to hear in hopes that this is they'll take a chance. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just like yeah, and I, I was talking about this the other day. I was like I was like you lie from the second that you're you, that you meet the person cuz they go, "How are you?" and I go, "I'm great." That's not <laughs> true. That is that's not fucking true. You're I'm like, not great. You're like, "Dude, I just got <laughs> fired. I'm not doing great. Why do you think I'm here?" Yeah, it's like I uh, is anybody really great when they're out looking for a job and just driving around with no fucking AC? <laughs> <laughs> Especially in this heat. Yes, yeah, I can. No. I can see how that. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. So the <laughs> the one thing that like like yes, that was a bummer losing the job. But I would say that the thing that was the bigger bummer <laughs> was my birthday was ten Aww. days ten days after that. And 
I had a show planned at the Ice House for my. I had a birthday bash. It was the same night Bear was having his show, so it was mullet time and and on the clock, like basically at the same time. And then there was going to be a huge after party, and it was going to be a big celebration. And I had put together a great lineup. I had Jason Ellis and Sarah Weinshank, and uh, I had uh, so many Kelsey Lane. I had so many great people on this lineup. And uh, I get home, I tell my wife that I got fired, and I'm sitting there on the couch just trying to piece it all together, and then I get a text message from one of the people on my show going, hey man, I have people trying to buy tickets, and they say that the link is dead. <gasps> and I'm like, what? And, now, and so your show discontinued as well. And, and now I was like, what? And so I, I, I go onto the website, and it's just gone. And I was like, they didn't, they fucking canceled my show and didn't even tell me? Like that's such a that that right there is such a dick move. Like, I didn't do anything to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I I don't know. It was a. Uh, it was a difficult place to work. There was always a lot of anxiety in that place. Uh, there was a manage. There was a person there in like a higher power, that uh, didn't really treat people that well, including comics. Um. She had no idea. She has never worked in this type of business before, and she had no idea who these people were. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, one story, for example, there was the second week we were open, we had uh, like Rory Scoville and Jay Larson and a few other really, you know, solid comics, been around forever, great guys. And they were walking around checking out the new club because I don't know, you know, they spent they just opened it, four million dollars yeah. remodeling this club. So, the ice house that we all knew, the ice house I started at, that's where I started stand-up, mm-hmm. um, completely changed, you know? like. So they're walking around looking at it, and now in the the legendary room, which is the main room, there is a VIP room behind it. Yeah. yeah and you've I seen know. it, right? Yeah, I've seen that room. So these guys happened to, like, walk into the VIP room, and they went in to look at it, and they're just standing there talking for a minute, and this person... I'm not going to give out any names, but the people that know her know uh, this person walks in behind him and like starts yelling at them like two head, you know, two headlining comics. They're like, she goes, what the fuck are you doing? Wow. And they were like, oh, and they were trying to be super. Like, oh, we were just checking, checking out. And she's like, well, I don't know who the fuck you are and why the fuck are you in here by yourselves? Why don't you have an escort? And they're like an escort. And she's like, yeah, they're like, no, 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 we're comics. And she goes. She, and the, her exact words were, this room ain't for C-list-ass comics. Get out of here. <laughs> Dude, I, that story came back to me within 10 seconds of it happening. And then these dudes sat in the bar for the rest of the night, probably a good two or three hours, just talking shit about how much they were going to tell everybody how horrible the Ice House treats comics. And... I'll tell you, I, there was mo- there's been multiple times where I've been out at clubs, comedy store, third wheel, where uh, improv, where I when people knew I was the manager, they'd come up to me and be like, "Dude, what the fuck?" <laughs> like, wow. like it, it like it, they don't understand because they the people above me were never in this industry. They don't understand how tight everybody is. Yeah. Like they talk. Yeah. Like it, yes. I mean, we're gossipy bitches. Yeah. Like yeah. we talk about everything. Yeah, no, I I know this <laughs> because I'm in it. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't gossip, but uh, <laughs> people will tell me things, and I'm kind of like, you know, uh, you're lucky I don't 
have anybody else to say this to because <laughs> I am not that person. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I got word from someone who worked with you when I went to the women's brunch. Oh, okay. Um, and they were like, it, it was kind of funny when he told me that you got fired because it was like, it was almost like, um, like, you know, like you're being inducted in the fight club where he was <laughs> like, he, sh he comes up to me and he shakes my hand and he's like, yeah, you battled one of our greatest. And then I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> I was like, what are you saying? And then he's like, yeah. You battled, uh, you battled Chad. I said, I have so much respect for you. And then he grabbed me. He shook my hand. It was the strongest shake I've ever gotten. I was like, I was like, you're going to crush my hand. And he was like, you're there, you know? And I was like, okay, all right. It just felt just so secretive. He didn't tell me exactly why. And then I was kind of like, uh oh, this is probably a bad or something, something. I don't know. It, it's, I mean, I will honestly... Just because of what the club means to me, yeah. I wish them all the best. I hope they figure it out. I hope they start treating people with more respect mm -hmm. and are able to find a rhythm and grow and be successful. I, uh, I'm, I'm trying not to hold any animosity because that all that does is fucking take up yeah. my mental space. Um, and considering that you probably need that mental space. I do. You find another job, <laughs> you do. know? <laughs> I do. I really need to figure some shit out and yeah. I don't need to waste all that brain power on being angry. Um, but yeah, I, I do wish them all the best. But uh, it's uh, it's just one of those things where it's just like, yeah, like they, they really like they fired the uh, manager I was working with. Mm. They fired me. They bullied our booker so much that she quit. Wow. Um, like it really, it really did have a toxic environment. And then it also, it, uh, I, you know, I had so many comics that would come up to me and just tell me that it just doesn't feel welcoming because not only are there those people walking around, like scolding you for every little thing that you do, you're trying to take a picture of your friend up on stage, whatever, and they're yelling at you. But also we, at the ice house, we had armed security guards, like yeah, full yeah. bulletproof vest type shit, which always was so crazy to me. I mean, I I'm not, I don't know the history, but there was never any shootings there, right? No, okay, no, so no, I'm, no. I'm kind of like curious as to why that existed too. I mean, I asked. I was, yeah. I, I I remember like the first couple of weeks we were open when we went from like a normal like black suit security guy who just looked like he was a guy dressed well hanging out to like three weeks later we brought in like the guys that dressed like cops and wore bulletproof vests and I was like, what's going on? And their rationale was. You never know when a gunman's going to walk in here. I was like, do we really need to live like that? Yeah, no, but I mean, like, I I feel like if they're doing what they're doing to you, they're probably making enemies, <laughs> you know? They're, they're making enemies. If they're, they're, yeah. It's not me. No, <laughs> um, no. No, but yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, like, th there, there was a very skewed version of reality happening right. there. Yeah. And, uh, I mean. But, but, I mean, that's. That that might just happen almost anywhere you go, you know, especially when I mean, we're talking about like this is a club that's owned by what the Lakers. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, Johnny Bus of the yeah, Lakers. so they have a completely different business model than what we probably just we just don't know. You know, we're just like, oh, we're just pawns in this. You know what I mean? And I always feel like when it comes to like your work and then 
you know, like the rest of life, your work always takes up that bigger space. And, and sometimes when you're trying to balance that work life, that's where the anxiety comes from. Cause you're like, I'm, I'm still a human being, you know, I still have feelings. I function in a certain way. Like I can't burn out for these guys. You know what I mean? And it's, it's almost as if they're trying to force us to be something that we're not. You know? Oh, absolutely. Like there, I can't tell you there's so many times and not just at this past job, but previous jobs too, where like my, my, okay. My, my wife is, uh, disabled and, uh, she just recently gathered like enough strength back to where she started a part-time job. But for five years prior to that, I was the sole breadwinner. So I had a lot of times at prior jobs where there was no such thing as a work-life balance. Like Mm -hmm. I would constantly in the back of my head, the anxiety of, okay, like I could take this day off, but I'm going to lose 11 hours on my paycheck. I'm going to lose this much in tips. I'm going to lose this. Can the lump sum really afford to be that much less? Yeah. And so like there was, you know, so many things where I would have to like bow out of living my life with my family because I was terrified that I wouldn't be able to support them in, you know, like, you know, so like there's a lot of that. And I, and, you know, I understand that we live in a very expensive city. Yeah. Um, but it, and I, and I've thought about leaving it too, but then it really all balances out to be the same. Cause unless you are one of the higher ups who is making such a amount of money where it's so comfortable to live, no matter where you go, you're, you're still struggle. scraping yeah. by because if I went, if I moved to Texas and the houses or apartments, whatever, are a thousand dollars less a month, but my paycheck is also X amount less, it's all evening out, you know, yeah. like, and people don't, I feel like people don't really take that into consideration before they're like, I need to get out of LA. It's like, you can get out of LA if you really feel like this isn't the place for you, but it shouldn't be about the money. No. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because it's, oh my God, it's just so ridiculous. Um, Cause I mean, technically I, I have like so many different kinds of seasonal jobs and I don't think people, and I don't even live in LA, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I don't yeah. even live in LA and I still hustle like that. And it's still fucking insane. And like just recently I had to take time away from like my friends. Cause they, I don't think that they understood like how much work I put into just doing this and then doing stand up on top of doing shows. And then we live out there. And so like my, you know, like wildfire season, that, that threat. So yeah. it, it's, it's almost like being in a pressure cooker, you know, it really is. It's like being in a pressure cooker and, and some people just don't understand. And I think the people that don't understand those are people who are unemployed. <laughs> I always see it like that. I'm like, bro, if you had a fucking job, you'd be busy too. Okay. Shut the fuck up and leave me alone. Um, but I, I mean, if I'm, if taking time away to prioritize yourself makes you a piece of shit, then maybe you shouldn't be around people like that. You know what I mean? Like I don't need that kind of social life. No, no, that's, that, that's not the type of energy that needs to be brought to the exactly. table. Exactly. Like, yeah. Good, good friends, homies, whatever, like, there there is a, an understanding like my 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 best friend who i've had since like seventh grade you know he lives in the desert i live out here we see each other like once every three or four months and talk yeah. on, talk on the phone maybe once a week just to catch up but it's like it's understood that like hey i you know i'm going through some shit right now it's like cool 
Is it shit that you want to talk about or do you need time? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, dude, I, sometimes I just can't handle it. Sometimes I just can't be out there because some shit will just rub me. Through. Or even even if I just want to be alone out in public, I want to be able to do it on my own. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but I mean, we were we were touching on the, the thing about um, working so much where you're like, you don't even have time to prioritize your mental health like that that in and of itself i think i think that's kind of the reason why some of these people come they show up with guns to work no yeah i i i honestly i honestly think that that could lead you to snap i'll tell you the pandemic when it happened and everything shut down it actually saved my life really it, it really did <laughs> like like obviously crawling out of my skin hating everything after the first couple of weeks because i'm so used to being you know, yeah. I like did 10 things at once, but that slowdown that I had to take in the beginning, it, it genuinely 100% saved my life. I, when I first moved to LA, I took a job at a bar on Hollywood Boulevard mm -hmm. and I moved out here for that job. Cause I was like, all right, I've been in the desert my whole life. Uh, I want to expand. I want to grow. And plus like I wanted to start comedy and I knew I wanted to start. And especially at that time, the desert didn't have a scene at all. Like now, no, now, they, doesn't, but now they yeah. have a few people and they have a few mics, but back then it was absolute, like even it was like five years ago, it was nothing. So like I, if I wanted to do stand up, I had to get on a, basically an all music mic and then be the one guy doing comedy in between a bunch of people with acoustic guitars, and it just wasn't fun. <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> it's, That's uh, it's it's awkward. Yeah, no, it's bad. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like some guy singing this sad song, and it's just like walk up and be like, let me just... <laughs> and it's just like, nope, no, that doesn't work. So, um, I yeah, I took the job, and I came out here, and I got into a place where I was working 60, 65 hours a week. Ooh. Um, and, wow. <laughs> and, and, and because like, I didn't even realize it, but they were underpaying me so badly. Like, I mean, based on what I've been making past this place, I was getting underpaid by at least $10 an hour for what I was doing. Um, and, and I was doing all those hours to 65 cause I was trying to make up for the money that I, you know, like, so during that time, going into work at one in the afternoon, setting up a whole place, working an entire shift through the night, leaving at 3 a.m. and doing that five nights a week. Some, sometimes a little less, but mostly it was that was my schedule. I just started drinking heavily, like yeah, at work. Just, just to like get by. Me and yeah. me and who became one of my close friends, the chef there, I mean, I, I would get there at one, I'd do prep. He'd get there at five to open up the kitchen, and the first thing we would do is take a shot of tequila. Oh, no. and, and, that, and that's 5 o'clock, right, when the place opens. Yeah. So, boom, first shot's taken. And then happened to know that a couple guys that might have worked there, might have not, also sold cocaine. So it was just like we were doing a bunch of shots and killing like half a bottle, and it's just like, well, that guy's going to help me stay, stay awake for the rest of the night. And then it was a nightly cycle of just like drinks, drugs, drinks, drugs. And, I mean, I, I didn't have the energy or the life to do anything but that because it was just like draining you. I, I, yeah. I mean, even on my days off, like because of how I was working through those 12, 13 hour days, like I had no like life in me. Yeah. Like, I didn't want, like I didn't want to hang out with my kid. I didn't want to go out and do fun activities with the family, anything like that. I was just like, 
I have a day off, like fucking leave me alone. And you know, I hate that. So pandemic hits and then everything's on hold. And I've never been the type of person that ever really, that like ever really drank around my kid when I was drinking or ever even had liquor in the house or anything like that. So I was just like, all right, I'm home, I'm sober. And then home for two weeks turned into months, months, months. And after about like seven months before I returned to the workforce of just sitting at home, hanging with my family and doing that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and not touching any alcohol or anything at all, I just was like, oh, I don't need this anymore. So I've been completely sober since. So you've been, so, I mean, so you've been in those places where like, you're like, oh, I'm using this to cope. You're using alcohol to cope. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I used to, um, I used to drink, uh, just because uh, I, I I think we already know this. Like I, I told you that uh, like uh, I when I was going to school, like I have like dealing with, you know, my mental health in particular, like that was just insane to to do to deal with that. Like the first part of it um, when I felt like I was just spiraling and just to keep me going, I used to drink. And I remember I hit a point where. I used to tell my doctor, oh, yeah, this because you have to work on plans in, in the hospital where mm. you're like, this is how I'm going to get through this. And they're like, well, you're going into medical school. How are you going to get through that when your head is not clear? And I said, well, I'm only going to drink on the weekends, you know, and I remember <laughs> saying that. I remember saying that and then actually saying when I'm at school, I'm going to drink it with Red Bull so I can like still be drunk enough to go through it, but then awake to actually get through the class yeah, and yeah. the labs <laughs> and all that. And it's stupid, but you, you see yourself making these ridiculous concessions just so you can try to get through it, reach someone's bottom line, you know, and it's like, why am I even doing all this? Like, what is the point of this? You know, and that's, that's usually what makes you like, say, is this worth it? You know, cause I'm killing myself in the process, you know, but you don't see it because it's all happening so fast. And you're like, Oh no, you know? yeah. It's a, it's, it's a rat race. It's, yeah. you know, you're, everything's going, I mean, it's flying by you, you know, and you're trying to catch pieces, Yeah. but you can't see the whole picture. Well, not, not while you're going through it. No, no, you no, know, not yeah. at all. Not at all. It, and it's not until you have that moment to reflect like clarity, yeah. whatever you want to call it, that you were like, oh, like everything around me was creating like that, the, the toxicity that, feeling, that yeah. I was living in. Exactly. And I couldn't see it at the time. So it was like, I was just like basically swimming like trying to swim through mud you know like yeah pretty much or i would i would kind of equate it to like uh you know those things that it's almost like being in a roller coaster you don't see what's going on on the side of you you just know everything's going too fast until you come to a screeching halt sometimes that screeching halt for some people is usually ends in like it's because they crashed because they're in rehab, you know, because of that sort of thing, because whatever coping mechanism that they were using to keep them on that track didn't, it wasn't working anymore, you know, and all the wheels were flying off. And, and that's, and I mean, it's almost as, I don't want to say it this way, but sometimes like those little things that slow us down, they might actually be blessings in disguise, you know? I mean, we don't see it now because we're, we're going through it, you know, yeah, like yeah. that's the tough part. But maybe like this is what I always like to see it. Maybe like 
this kind of thing will help you actually put into perspective and restructure like they they told you oh we're restructuring maybe this is this is for you to restructure like actually like what's what's working for me i i you know it's been what almost it's about about three weeks since it happened Uh so i have i've had I've had all of the the moments where to reflect and like where, yeah, yeah where yeah. where like I'll, I'll you know there would be days where I just sat at home angry like I <laughs> like like in like you know just trying to make sense of what happened and then there's the days where I'm super motivated and I'm like I'm gonna turn in 30 resumes and I'm gonna call back 15 people and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna be proactive and then there's the days where I started thinking about like did this happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. other than they don't know what they're doing. Right. And I think that, you know, like I am the type of person where when I, when I get a job, no matter what the environment is, abusive, negligent, whatever it may be, I will run it until the wheels fall off. Like I, like for some reason, like I have like a dedicated, like a strange part of my brain that just goes, you're dedicated to this. You're loyal. You're working. You do your best. You, you know, yeah. you have, you know, you, you have, you know, the resources you need to get by. It doesn't matter what's going on in the background, like focus on what you're doing and take care of business. And I, I've done that at so many places where, where it wasn't the best environment and the ice house was one of them. And this so abruptly happening to me, mm-hmm. it just made me think like, is this just the world telling me <laughs> like you just stop, stop doing this to yourself, stop settling, stop living in anxiety of what's going to happen today. Like who's going to snap on you today. Like, yeah. Is it possible to find a place where there's a work life balance and you're actually happy to go to work? Is, is there a place like that? Because I thought that working in a comedy club was going to be it. Yeah. Like I quit, I quit the job I was working cause I got offered that position and I was just like, I'm a comic and I get to run a comedy club doing something that I'm really good at, which is like managing a bar. I've been doing that for 20 years. So like all the elements of things that I'm either good at love, no respect, they're all here in one space. Like this is going to be the perfect fit. And it just so happened to be like a little bit of, you know, more of a shit show than I expected it to be. Like I expect a certain level, but like they're just, you know, it got out of hand. And uh, yeah, so it, I, I think that this really is one of those moments where it's just like, take a step back. We're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be OK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like and, and I, I genuinely do. I, you know, I have to tell myself that sometimes because it doesn't sometimes it really doesn't feel like it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But I think that. You kind of always you. It's almost like when a guy breaks up with you. I don't know if you, you've never experienced a Happened guy breaking twice. up with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost as it's almost like when someone breaks up with you and you're kind of thinking like, what what was wrong with me? But I I don't think that that's the way we should. I think we should like restructure the way we see it. You know, it's not what was wrong with you. It's like. Well, what was wrong with them? You know, like what? Because you're you were chosen. Clearly, you have skills that they wanted you there for a reason. Don't abandon that, you know. Absolutely, and I yeah. and I, I, I get that, and I and I've thought about that too. But and then you know, there's those days 
There's those days when it's all just clouded judgment and dark thoughts. You yeah, know? yeah. No, I get that. You know, I, get I know that. you get that. That's why the, yeah, yeah, I'm very no. comfortable telling you about yeah. it. It's like there's those days where it's just like you feel worthless. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. Worthless. And it's just like, why am I even fucking bothering? Yeah. And I have I'm, I, I, I feel lucky to have like my wife and my kid because like if I didn't have them as motivation to keep trying to move forward, mm -hmm. like I feel like I might've been stuck in a hole for a little bit longer than I was. Right. Um, but yeah, like there's just those days where it's just like, it's all clouded and, and it eats up at you. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really like, it, it takes up so much of your mental that like the rest of you feels drained. Yeah. You know? And it's really, it's really finding that, that's centered that spark yeah, that's that, that spark to like kind of like reignite yeah and like be like all right no like this is i am fucking good at this yeah you are like i, I like i i i can look back and be like i did this for them i did this i did that i did that and this is all running well because of this like i am worth what you i am worth what you were paying me yeah <laughs> like i am worth or all this no like, i think even more I, yeah i honestly am i am i, am, I think fuck, even i am more. worth more yeah exactly because i think the fact that people like me, like other comedians, would go and see familiar faces at the bar, if we saw someone, then we felt, it's almost like you said, well, I don't feel welcome anymore. Not having those people that we can actually root ourselves in that place, I don't think it's going to reflect well on their bottom line, essentially. Because they're going to be like, it's almost as if they're like, well, they don't know what it's like to be a comic why am I here? You know, like, I mean, I, I, I really, I really agree because like there was multiple times where I'd see a comic walking in the door and they'd stop and like get hassled by one of the, one of the mm -hmm. people working the front because, because they didn't know them. They didn't know who they yeah. were. And I'd be happened to be walking by and, and I like rock, walk over and like yell their name and be like, they're good. Come on back. You know, just like little things like that, where it's just like, Oh, thank you. I don't have to deal with this bullshit. Like if, and and it's not even just like people who we come up with, you know, bigger name people too. Like it's just like there was no culture of comedy. Yeah. In the it ice was, house. It like, was only just corporate. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, yeah, you're here to make us money, motherfucker, you know? It's like like I, I appreciate that like Johnny Buss enjoys watching comedy and like he told us a, a great story of when we first started about how like it was his dream to open up a club with his dad and then his dad passed, so now he's using it to carry on his memory. And I appreciate that, and um, I and I appreciate that a lot too. Because when my dad was alive, that was our connection too. Mm -hmm. Like my dad and I didn't have very many things in common, in common, but comedy we did. Like we, you know, call each other up and be like, "Hey, did you see this new special?" Or "Hey, like, who's at the store? Do you want to go?" Like just whatever it was. Like that was that was our like common ground. Right. You know, other than that, like he was always pissed that I never played sports because I'm a big guy. And like I would go meet him like uh, I'd, I'd be like 16, 17 and my dad would be out at the bar and my mom would like pull up in front of the bar and be like, run in and get like 20 bucks from your dad so we can have dinner. And I'm like, OK, so I want run in. And my dad be there with his friends. And the, the first thing he'd be like, oh, this is my gay son, Chad. And I'm just Aww. like, cool. Like, I mean, it doesn't bother it me. It wasn't because you lived in Palm Springs. It, it right? wasn't. No, it wasn't <laughs> I, it was just, it's just because I didn't play fucking sports. <laughs> Dude, but I, I'll tell you what, the gay thing in Palm Springs, with how I look, yeah, they, I'm, I'm they, a bear. They think you were a bear? Yeah, I'm that's bear. exactly what I thought they Dude, would think. working in a bar in Palm Springs looking like me, the amount of money that I would make a night, 
Oh, man. Child. And all I'd have to do is turn it on a little bit, just flirt a little bit. Yeah. And it and, would always. And have that lift, just the little. It, it, yeah, just, just a touch. <laughs> no, but it would always work out too. Like sometimes it got a little too crazy. Like sometimes it got a little too crazy. Like one time there was this guy that sat down at the bar and he's very quiet when he first sits down and he's sitting right in front of me and I'm trying to chat him up, but he's being very quiet. And he has a drink. He starts to loosen up a little bit. Then he has a second one. And, uh, and then he looks at me and he goes, he goes, I see the ring on your finger. He's like, man or woman? <gasps> I was like, it's a woman. And he goes, that's a shame. He's like, he's like, I'd suck your dick so hard your eyes would go crossed. And I was like, wow. <laughs> like there, there, was like, there was little things that you, you'd get a caught off guard by where you're just like, I don't even have a comeback for that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it true? But, um. But Shots yeah. fired. You definitely got <laughs> caught off guard on that one. No, no, yeah. And then I remember one time uh, I, I was bartending right after I had gotten one of my wisdom teeth pulled. And so I had, like, gauze in my mouth, and I was kind of talking like I had my jaw wired shut. you know. Yeah. And, and this guy was like, oh, you poor thing. He's like, you must be in pain. He's like, I'm going to go home and get you something. And I was like, thank you. And What did he bring back? He comes back with this little gift bag. And it was like, a, you know, like the tiny little Tiffany's bag that looks like it's just like for a ring. He comes back with that. And inside it was like one nug of weed, <gasps> two Vicodins and a Viagra. Oh, <laughs> was, wow. Was he sending you a yeah, message? Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was he like, was <laughs> I looked in the bag. I was like, cool. What's and I, was like, I was like, what's the blue one? And he goes, it's for when you feel better. Oh. <laughs> 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 That's good. That's good. I love like, that. Yeah, yeah that's so funny. Oh, my God. He was like, <laughs> I want you to thank me for it. You know, like, oh, my God. He's like, I'm hooking you up. You're going to hook me up. No. Um, but, yeah, man, like, how you been? I've, I've been chugging along. Just uh, I've, I've been usually I've been prioritizing my myself uh, lately, um, especially because this is this is this is a lot of work. It's, it's, it's just just almost like I said earlier. It, it feels like a pressure cooker, and sometimes you're just like, "What am I doing? What? Why am I doing this? Why?" You know. And I'm I'm like learning how to like uh, manage my the way I interact with people. You know, like, is this a necessary social situation that I have to be in? Because I'm not, I'm, I, I know this now. I'm not, uh, I'm not an extroverted person. I've never been an extroverted I'm the person. Same way. I am, you know, and it, it's, it's almost as if like when you're out there, you know, people expect you to be happy all the time. And I'm like, I can't fake a smile. Bro. No, yeah. Are you envious of the extroverts? No, no, I am annoyed by them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have these phases where I'm just like, like, damn, like, like how do you do it? And I'm just like, I kind of wish that I could just like do it. But then, and then also I get to where you are, where it's yeah. just like, all right, we get that you're here. Shut the fuck up. You know? <laughs> like, yes. Everyone in the room knows you're here. Everyone knows. Exactly. Exactly. Fucking, you're sucking the air out of the room. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh yeah, no, I've always been an introvert. Like I, I'm, I'm always been good with being in the room but like chilling in the corner yeah and like if one or two people want to come up and talk to me i'll gladly hold that conversation but i also will most likely dip out without saying goodbye to anybody yeah <laughs> like that's just me like, but this is what i've learned about those people that we think are extroverted 
um, they're running off of other shit, dude. Like they they have a, a completely different life that we don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> I am so fucking serious about this. It's like, it's it's almost like, well, you know, when you see shows about that take place in an office and they're like, how come you're not happy? And like, bitch, I'd be fucking happy if I'd be like in my third espresso like your motherfucking ass is. You know what I mean? I'm not running off of weed or cocaine or any of that shit. I am not like that. I'm 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 sober. I'm, I just don't function that way. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I am a regular human being <laughs> you, you when you are off of all that shit you start seeing how shitty life is and then come back okay and yeah, then yeah. when you're fucking when you have five fucking jobs then come back to me and tell me how fucking happy you are you know what it's i like, mean what are you using to boost your serotonin today <laughs> yeah exactly because all i'm using is coffee that's all i'm ever using yeah. anymore but uh I work out a lot, though. Oh yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. that's good. And I, 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 the last couple of weeks, I've been so self pity that I need to get back into it. But, um, but yeah, no, like, like weed. I, I could never like the people that can smoke weed and be in public. Ooh, I, I don't understand it. And my wife is one of them. My wife, my wife can start at the moment she wakes up, go to work all day, smoke on her breaks, etc. Come home, make you know, make dinner, hang out with the kid, be high the entire time. And it's like nothing changes, like completely always leveled out right there. Wow. Me, I, I take like one hit off of her vape pen. And if there's anyone around me, I'm going to have a fucking panic attack. Like, like this is. So it makes it worse. Oh, it makes it worse. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like for, for me, weed, and I've been trying to write a joke about it, but I'm trying to figure out exactly how, but like weed for me, it feels like once I get high, like my brain is like an elevator in a six floor building where it's like the very first floor after you take the hit is just me internalizing like all of the dumb shit I've done in my life and just like <laughs> rethinking it and like all of like the bad thoughts. And then like number two is like trying to sort that out. And then three is me finding a like moment of creativity where I, I like I do get like a 15 minute spark where it's like, oh, that's funny. I can write that. And then it's like and then it's like munchies and then sleepy and then like wait munchies again <laughs> and then you know bed but it's just like no most of it like i'd say a good portion of it is like anxiety because i'm just thinking about like all the things i'm doing wrong mm. and i was like i i don't know why i do it to myself but i still do it late at night like and i think it's for that 15 minutes of a like creative spark <laughs> 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 like it's a sacrifice it really is <laughs> you're like you're like i don't Weed is torturing me. You're like, at this no, yeah. point, it, it feels... Yeah, I no, I've, I, I think I've heard someone's joke where they're like, I don't do drugs because it makes me think about my life. You know, like, that's... that's the, Drugs are for people that have a good life. They really are. You know? They genuinely are. Like, if you have a good life and everything's happy and the rent's paid on time and maybe it's daddy's credit card helping you yeah. out with that, like, good for you, dude. Do your drugs and have fun. But if you're struggling to get by all the time, don't do drugs because it really puts everything into perspective of why it's happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, I, always, I always feel like I'm... Um, and, I, I have to be careful also with my caffeine intake because I always feel like, yeah, I can handle an espresso. I can handle, you know, a cold brew from Starbucks. But as soon as I take a hit off of a fucking Red Bull, 
I always feel like I'm one energy drink away from destroying my life. You know, I'm like, fuck this. This is too much. You know, I can't do energy drinks. Yeah, no, it's too much. I've been drinking coffee for so long that it's almost like grounding to me. Yeah. You know, like I can start my day off with coffee and I can have another coffee at seven o'clock at night. And you can still and, go to sleep. And, it's I, still and I'm all fine. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like in three hours, if I want to, I can lay down and chill out and then fall asleep within an hour and I'm good. But energy drinks. No, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Uh, like that, that's just like, I, I feel like I'm like about to like grind my teeth and can't stop flexing. I'm just like, what, what the fuck is in this? I thought I, it was just caffeine. No, I feel like it, it awakens my demons. Yeah. I don't need that. I don't need, this is too much. This is, <laughs> I've, I've gone, I've got, I've legitimately, I think I've, I've had a guy break up with me because I got pissed off one time. And he was like, I can't handle you being pissed off at me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I drank a Celsius. Yeah, I was like, no, this is too much. Dude, yeah. I, I tried, only time I've ever tried one of those was when I was working at Ice House. Oh, no. Um, we had a headliner uh, who requested it on his rider. He was like, I just want six of them. You can get me any <gasps> flavor, whatever. And I was like, that's wild for one night. He like, he did, he wasn't even doing multiple shows. It was like one show, the late show. One night. And he, he had like, six Celsius. It, he, I think it says on the back of the bottle. You can't. Yeah. So he only, he ended up only drinking one. Yeah. So there was just like five extras in his dressing room. And I was like, Oh cool. So the next day when I got to work, I forgot to stop and get myself coffee. I was like, I'll just crack one of these and I'll drink that while I'm getting the place ready. And, Dude, that that one hits fucking different. That one, like, no. I mean, it felt like my brain was doing three sixties. I was. It like, makes I, <laughs> you fucking focus, like. <laughs> it was, yeah, like it's like Adderall. It's like it's. I've never been on Adderall, but I feel like that. Yes, it does hit different. Like that always makes me like wonder why I'm a lot. It's like it's like multiple existential crises all at once. Oh no! Yeah, absolutely. I like I can't handle that. It feel like it feels like. Uh, they're, they're like like the you know like the uh, like the comic books like the Flash when like he runs and but it to him everything's moving slow but you're yeah. like you know like yeah. it feels like I'm seeing everything move slower as I'm taking down all my tasks. So I'm just like mm, I'll grab that I got that and I'm doing just fine and then it all comes crashing down. And you're like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of crashing down, <laughs> we're gonna wrap this episode up. Uh, uh, I mean, we talked a lot about anxiety and kind of the reason why and how things do not work. <laughs> Certain things don't work. I, uh, clearly, um, I guess the big takeaway would be just to slow down, like to legitimately slow down. Slow you down. Know? know your self-worth. Take some new time. Yeah. Like that's really like 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 figuring out your self-worth. Like, it, it, like it's taken me too many years to understand my self-worth. Um, I'm 37. And I'm still trying to figure it out. But if you can master it and figure it out earlier, like, good on you. Yeah, yeah. And that's with or without therapy, though. Mm. You know, like, I think I think that's just something that you work in therapy. Like, for, for people that don't have support outside of, like, their family. Like, basically, you know, kind of like me. I don't, I, I it's, it's a weird situation. But there's just some people that don't have support. Or they, they're just around a bunch of morons, you know. Like, you, you know, I mean, as... <laughs> Weird as it seems, like, but yeah, our, you know, we're going to have those issues. 
Um, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, this concludes our, our episode of It's Gonna Be Okay. And remember, Chad, when we're going through things, we just gotta, even when we're fucking having a manic episode or whatever, we gotta repeat to ourselves that, you know, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs>